Ooh, all right. Thank you. Wow, that feels good. So when I think of a missionary on a missions trip, I generally think of somebody who travels to like Africa or Australia or Antarctica and they like preach to penguins and come back with this like super awesome story of how they saw hundreds of people get saved or they witnessed this miraculous healing in somebody's life. And that's awesome. That truly is amazing. And I mean, we've seen that right here in 4640. But my mission trip went absolutely nothing like that. See, when I was in high school, I was part of this, this Christian group called TUG, which stood for Teens Uplifting God at Fruta. And as far as I know, this group still meets once or twice a week in Mr. Stockard's room. So if you're looking for a great place to be, I think I said it was already at Fruta, but if you go to Fruta, it's a great place to be. But I'll never forget my junior year, the TUG group and I went on this local mission outreach to the homeless. And we, uh, we were just going out there to be able to share the gospel to other people. We were super pumped about it. We had our guitars, we had our drums, and we were just excited to see what God was going to do. Well, <laughs> this trip was going awesome for about 20 minutes or so, okay? We were being able to give food to other people. We were jamming on our instruments and really just getting to connect with a bunch of really just misunderstood people until, whoop, whoop. We got stopped by the police, okay? So the police come over, they pull us to the side, and this cop, okay, he was a scary looking dude. He comes over and he's like, what are you doing? How long have you been here? What, what are your intentions? And honestly, I don't really remember what all else he said because I thought I was gonna pee myself, but he was, we were hoping that maybe he was just curious that he was trying to you know, keep the, the public safe or whatnot. That's not at all exactly what happened. See, so that's when this cop reaches inside of his pocket and he pulls out this illegal drug using accessory thing and he asks us, does this look familiar to any of you guys? And I'll never forget the look on Mr. Stockard's face when he's standing there and he says something along the lines of, no, no, we're just out here trying to be a light to the community and share the gospel to others. And, and I, just that face, that face that he made was hilarious. But I'll never forget after pleading for several minutes with this officer of the truth, the police officer finally let us leave. But I mean, it was scary stuff. I really thought that they were going to like arrest him or even give him a little tase or something. I mean, it was super crazy because we were out there just trying to, you know, like share the good news that was conceived of Mother Mary and everybody else there was just in it for Mary Jane. But it's fine. I'm not judging anybody. It's cool. But we, you know, people still heard the good news. We had a decent time and Mr. Stockert didn't have to spend the night in jail. But I think the point is, is that you don't have to go very far on a mission to, 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 be a missionary right where you're at. Like tomorrow, each and every one of you are going to be a missionary starting bright and early in the morning. So how many of you guys are actually excited to go back to school tomorrow? Two of you. Okay, cool. Trust me, I remember how much I hated school. I was so bad at school, guys. Like the idea of waking up before the sun does still haunts me to this day. And for some reason, the enemy has still thrown that attack on me because I have to be up before the sun does, but it's fine, I'm fine, we're fine, you're fine, you'll be fine, it's cool. But the thing is, it's, you know, oh, see, look, now I didn't make myself laugh and forget where I was at. But it's, it's cool. The thing was, is that I never truly realized how important high school was until I was already outside of high school. Not necessarily for like the grades and the academic part, which is still very important, take it seriously, but more or so the, the point of sharing the love of Christ to my peers. See, I know firsthand how lost high schoolers are. I mean, I used to be one of them. 
That's why I'm so excited that I get to talk to you guys tonight. So how many of you know what an ambassador is? Okay, again, like two of you. Well, I didn't know what it was either, so I Googled it, and this is what an ambassador is. It says, an ambassador is someone who is sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. For instance, when a U.S. ambassador is in another country, wherever his or her feet falls, makes that land underneath them American soil. Everybody check out this verse. 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us that we are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world. So in the same way that an ambassador of a foreign country is a true representation of their nation wherever they go, each and every one of you were personally selected by God to be a true ambassador wherever your feet fall. See, so when you go back to school tomorrow for the very first time and you step out of the car and you're walking on the parking lot and you're walking into your hallways and into your classrooms with each and every step that you take, you are on holy ground because God lives inside of you. See, you each hold the responsibility and the honor of sharing the message of Christ to your peers, not only through your words, but through your actions and even your thoughts. 2 Corinthians 5.20 continue, or tells us this. It says, as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips, so we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. So I remember this one time I was in Las Vegas with my family a few years ago on vacation, and we were just walking the streets, and I'll never forget, out of the corner, there was these really bunch of weirdos that were standing with these weird hats on and these signs on their front and the back, and they were yelling things like, repent from your sins or you're going to hell where Satan will have your soul for eternity. That's kind of harsh for people that are just walking down the street. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there isn't truth behind what they're saying. I mean, Christ does tell us that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody can get through the Father except through him. But pay attention to what this verse says again. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, though, as God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips, so we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. Tenderly. See, it's not easy to hear, let alone listen to somebody when they are yelling. But when you have the opportunity to speak truth and to speak hope into somebody's eternity, do it with love and with ease. See, it is important that other people are aware of the cost of their sin, but honestly, no one is gonna wanna listen to the good news, the good news of Christ, if they're being yelled at and blamed for all of their past mistakes. And another thing, to share Christ doesn't necessarily have to be, excuse me, sir, do you have a minute to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Like, if God puts that on your heart and you feel God speaking to you, by all means, let the Spirit rip through you. Talk to somebody about it. Do what you need to do. But I want to look at the way that Jesus shared his gospel to the disciples. He took the time to get to know each and every one of the disciples personally. He took the time to show them that he has a life that is better than the one that they are currently living. See, Jesus was not only their mentor, but Jesus was their friend. And I have to be honest with you guys. When I was in high school, I was worried about what everybody else would think of me if I shared my faith. I was scared that I would lose my friends. I was scared of what other people would think about me or if they wouldn't like me as much. And that people would think that I was weird. But Man, was I wrong. And that's why I'm so excited that I get to speak to you guys tonight because I have three ways on how you can be a true ambassador, a true representation of Christ on your campus. And number one is invite God into your school. 
See, this should be a must in any situation of our lives. But I, I can't lie to you. There are several times in my life, too, when I forget to invite God into any situation that I'm in. But I challenge you, and I still challenge myself for you to make it a goal every single morning, right as you wake up, to just say a prayer. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a very long prayer at all. Just say something along the lines of like, God, I invite you into my school today. God, help me to be a light to others and show the truth of who you are. See, when you do this, God will show up. Immediately, God's peace will fill your heart. You begin to feel a confidence swell inside of you that you can't explain or control. And all of a sudden, the worries of, what is everybody else going to think about me? What if no one likes me anymore? What if I lose all my friends? Seems to melt away. Because the truth is, it doesn't matter in the slightest bit what anybody else thinks about you. It doesn't matter in the slightest bit what anybody else says about you because we already know who we are because Christ told us who we are. See, Jesus has told us that, that we are so fearfully and wonderfully made that not the enemy can't stand against us. He also tells us that we are more than overcomers and we are more than conquerors in Jesus' name. He tells us that we were so uniquely made that nobody can be like us even if they tried their hardest to. And honestly, no matter how hard we try to fit in with anybody else, we can't be either. And if your goal is to fit in and be like everybody else, and your goal is to have everybody like you, and they do like you, you're doing something wrong. See, when everyone else at school is cussing, and they're spreading rumors, and they're making fun of other kids, you were made to be different. Trust me, I remember that it seemed like the only way to be popular was to be mean to the unpopular kids. It, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even about what sports you were good at, what instruments you played, or even what music you like. It was about trying to be as equally mean as somebody else. And haven't you guys ever noticed that the most, ne like the, the most negative people you ever meet at high school are the popular kids? I mean, they always have something to say like, ew, I don't like him. I don't like her. Ooh, what is he wearing? What is she wearing? You can't sit with us. We only wear pink on Wednesdays. I was never a popular kid in high school, so I personally don't know. But you guys get what I'm saying. But all jokes aside, it's like the only way to feel important with people is to say what everybody else is saying, to think how everybody else is thinking, and to do what everybody else is doing. But Romans 12.2 says this. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. See, when you start doing things God's way and not the world's way, not people's way, you realize that popularity is just a snare trap used by the devil to keep you from your true potential. See, once you realize that living from, from, from world's popularity, it, it's, it feels like you're walking around the halls with earplugs in and blindfolds on. See, but when you start to do things God's way, it's like God giving you the access to the keys to your trap, and he gives you the skill and agility to be able to go around and yank everybody else's blindfolds off. See, when you invite God into your school, there is no room for the enemy. Sure, he will try his best to attack you and tear you away from God's plan and God's purpose for your life, but that's because he's terrified. And at times, it will seem hard, and it will seem even impossible, but that's what leads me to my second point. Surround yourself with other believers. See, when you're at war, and you already know school is war, it's not only awesome to, to have your allies with you, but it's an essential. Proverbs 27, 17 tells us, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Or check out what Proverbs 13, 20 says. It says, he who walks with the wise will grow wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. 
As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. See, there are going to be times at school when you're going to need somebody to pour into your heart. You're going to need somebody to speak into your life and to remind you of your worth and to remind you of just how dangerous you are. See, I had a very few amount of friends that were believers in high school, but I can promise you that they were far wiser and far greater than any other non-believer that I let into my inner circle. And haven't you ever noticed that it's so much easier to share something when you have somebody with you? Like, it's so much easier to share the gospel when there's more than one of you. I mean, think about it. Wherever one disciple was, there was 11 other disciples right behind him ready to jump in to share the good news of Jesus to everyone. See, it's not only, it's crucial to yourself who you let be your ally. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 tells us that bad company corrupts good character. See, so I had Christian friends in high school, but I also had a lot more people who didn't believe in God. And truthfully, no matter how hard you try to be a light to the darkness, if your only source of light is coming from darkness, you will dwindle. See, it's so easy for someone to pull you down, but it takes effort for somebody to pull you up. So find somebody who is willing to be there for you and help pull you up to put in that effort for when you're not feeling worthy, when you're not feeling down, to stand by there, grab your hand, and pull you out of whatever you're going through. Surround yourself with people that are willing to put in that effort. See, we need to surround ourselves with these other believers. And maybe you're wondering how it is that you can branch out and you can meet these other people. But I can tell you right now, like every single Tuesday night, we have these awesome small groups here that I don't, not only you guys get stuff out of, but I get something out of each and every week. Or maybe it's, you know, it's going to other small groups here and asking them, you know, what school they go to, or if you guys can go to lunch together, or if they want to hang out afterwards. And once you're at school, if you don't have anybody here, maybe it's a teacher, like Mr. Stockard for me, maybe it's getting plugged into a Christian group of people that will pour into your heart. But you need to find people that will support you and help keep you accountable. See, at the end of the day, though, not a single one of us is perfect. Not a single one of us deserves the love and the blessings that God gives us because we all fall short of God's standard. We will mess up, but please hear me, that's okay. Which leads me to my third point. Don't be afraid to mess up. So the enemy will try to tell you that once you mess up, that you're finished, that you're done. You can no longer talk about Christ. You can no longer be a good Christian, but God has set us free. See, we are free to know that when we mess up, it's just another opportunity for God to show how awesome he is and how he can fix any situation that we get ourselves into. So knock the dust off and keep going because God's grace for us is way more than enough. See, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 say this. Then Jesus came close to them and he said, all the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you, and never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. See, you have the power and the authority to be the you that God has made you to be in your schools. You have the authority to not believe the lies that the enemy has told you, that you're not worthy, that you're not good enough, that you can't make a difference, or that you're too messed up, because you need to remember who Jesus says you are. And you are God's plan. You were specially chosen for the task at hand today and tomorrow and every single school day from here on out to share the love of Christ with your school. See, there's roughly 1,500 students at each school. 
And so that puts us at about 6,000 high school students in the Grand Valley. I want you to all look around right now. There's about 50 of us in this room. The Grand Valley needs our help. The Grand Valley needs your help. You guys are the ones that are getting your feet wet in schools each and every day. You guys are the light that they're seeing. So be the light that God has made you to be. See, there was 12 disciples that changed the entire world. There is no doubt in my mind or in God's mind that you guys can change the entire Grand Valley with the things that you say and the things that you do. Will you guys stand with me, please? In this moment, I just want everybody to close your eyes. Just close your eyes right where you're at. And I want us to picture walking, walking into school tomorrow and we're walking the halls. Whether it's walls that you're familiar with or it's walls that you're seeing for the very first time and you see all the students walking around and you notice the blindfolds on and you notice the earplugs in and you see how much help they need. I ask you, are you gonna stay bound in your traps or are you gonna step out and punch the devil, kick the Satan and be the you that God has made you to be? Today is the day to make a difference. Today is the day to be different. Jesus, I pray right now that you be with each and every single one of these students, God, that you can show them that they are loved and that they have the power and the authority to be the you that you have created them to be in their schools, God. I ask right now that as they, as they go back to school tomorrow, that you can help put people in their lives that you want to be in their lives, that'll be there to help support them and be there for them when they're down. God, I ask that you spark a, a flame in their heart right now, God, that burns into a wildfire and it just goes throughout their entire campus and everybody can see it and they realize that they want that. They want that. Jesus, I pray right now that you be with each and every single one of these students. I ask that you give them the eyes to see what you're doing, the ears to hear what you're doing, and the words to speak what you want them to speak. Jesus, we love you and we thank you so much for everything you do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.